Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out the Pint Glass Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, just a guy who likes to drink beer and watch football, so I started a podcast. Be sure to follow on Twitter at PGF Podcast for new episodes and tons of great news and articles on all things NFL and college football. On today's episode, I'll be breaking down five upcoming college football bowl games and tell you who I'll be betting in these games and why. So let's get started. So the first game that I'm taking a look at is the SoFi Hawaii Bowl on December 24th. It's a 5 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. So this game is between Hawaii at 9-5 and and BYU, who comes in at 7-5. and And when I look at these two teams, you've got two teams that really hang their hat on different sides of the ball. Hawaii has a really explosive offense, and it's led by quarterback Cole McDonald, who is fifth in the nation with 3,642 yards passing and 29 touchdowns. Now, he's a dual-threat quarterback as well, who also has 393 yards rushing and six rushing touchdowns on the season. He's really an explosive player, and Hawaii puts up a ton of points. And McDonald really spreads the ball around. Hawaii has four wide receivers with over 800 yards, but they have one wide receiver that I think is going to be a matchup nightmare for BYU, and that's Cedric Bird. He has 95 catches this year for 1,068 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's a big-time playmaker for Hawaii, and I think he's going to be a really tough matchup for BYU to stop. Now, they also have a nice running game led by Miles Reed, who put up 891 yards and eight touchdowns this year. And Hawaii's looking for that 10th win of the season to cap off what's really been a big year for them. And it started out with two wins versus Pac-12 teams, Oregon State and Arizona. So they've proven they can play with some of the Power 5 teams this year. Now, BYU also beat Tennessee and USC, as well as a win versus Boise State. So, you know, they've proven that they can play with some of the better teams as well. And I think that's why Vegas has this as such a close matchup. Hawaii right now is a slight underdog at minus one going into this game. But they're the team that I'm really focusing on here because I like this matchup for them. They're averaging 469 yards per game of offense. Now, I know BYU has a really good defense. And like I said earlier, that's where they hang their hat. But I just don't think they have enough playmakers to slow down this Hawaii attack. Now, BYU is led by their quarterback, Zach Wilson. Now, he started the season off pretty good with 1,300 yards and five touchdowns in the first five games. But then he went out with an injury and missed seven weeks. He did finish the regular season with 2,100 yards and 11 touchdowns with a respectable 62.7% completion percentage. But he's not quite the player that Cole McDonald is, and this just isn't quite the offense that Hawaii is. And I think that's the difference in this game. With Hawaii virtually playing a home game in this matchup, I'm going to take them plus the one. I think they win this game, and getting a point just helps as well. So give me Hawaii in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl plus one. So the next game I'm going to be looking at is going to be played December 26th on Thursday. 
the Independence Bowl between Louisiana Tech and Miami. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. It's also on ESPN. And right now, Miami is a six-point favorite. Miami comes into this game with a 6-6 six and six record. Louisiana Tech comes in with a 9-3 and three record. And Louisiana Tech is going to be looking for its 10th win as, as well, trying to cap its first 10-win season in school history. So this is going to be a huge game for them. And it's also being played in Shreveport, Louisiana. So this is basically a home game for them as well in a lot of ways. They should have a ton of fans at this game, and they should have a huge advantage there. But they're also going to have an advantage with personnel because Miami is going to be without some of its best players. The Hurricanes are going to be without linebacker Michael Pickney, who was second on the team in tackles with 64 this year. He also had five sacks. They're going to be without defensive end Trayvon Hill, who also had four and a half sacks. Their other defensive end, Jonathan Garvin, is going to be sitting as well. He had five sacks this year, and they'll be without wide receiver Jeff Thomas. All these guys are going to be sitting because they're NFL draft prospects, and they don't want to risk injury. And I don't blame them, but it's going to hurt Miami's chances in this game. And I just wonder how motivated this Miami team is going to be going into this one. They really looked like they were kind of sleepwalking at the end of the year, losing to Duke and FIU to end the season. So they're kind of limping into this game, and they're they're also coming in, like I said, with a lot of their best players out of this one. I think Louisiana Tech is going to be way more motivated to go up against ACC team and try to make a statement and have a huge 10-win season. So for me, it's really about the matchup. There's a lot of question marks for Miami as well at quarterback, but there aren't any question marks for Louisiana Tech at quarterback. They have a dynamic playmaker under center with Jamar Smith, who's completing 65.8% of his passes. He had 17 touchdowns with only four interceptions this year. Louisiana Tech comes into this game winning five straight bowl games, and they've got a lot of momentum on their side. Now, they are going to be without their All-American cornerback, Amik Robertson, who's going to enter the NFL draft as well. So that does hurt them in this game. But Miami's going to have a lot more key players out. Now, Louisiana Tech is going to bring a lot of pressure in this game from all different angles. They run a 3-4 defense. And they, they're a blitz-heavy scheme. And Miami's O-line could really struggle versus this blitz-heavy scheme that Louisiana Tech is going to run. They bring pressure from the edges. They bring inside. They run stunts and twists. It's, it's going to be a lot for them to handle, and they've, been, and they've been a little bit shaky up front, the Hurricanes, this year. So I think that's going to play a factor in this game as well. I like Louisiana Tech to win this game outright. So give me Louisiana Tech plus six in this game. The next game I'm going to take a look at is the Quick Lane Bowl between Pittsburgh and Eastern Michigan. It's on 1226 Thursday night, 5 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. And right now, Pittsburgh is an 11-point favorite going into this one. I can definitely see why, because Pittsburgh's defense is one of the best in the country. This is a physical, fast group, especially up front. They're ranked number 11 in the country in total defense. They only give up 302.5 yards per game and only 106.9 yards per game rushing. They're really stout up front. They have a physical, tough defense that I think is going to control this ball game. But I think one of the keys to this game 
will actually be Pittsburgh's ability to run the ball. Now, Pittsburgh's run game finished last in the ACC, averaging just 121 yards per game. But I think it's the key to this game because Pittsburgh is 5-1 when they rush for 100 or more yards. And the Eastern Michigan run defense has been horrendous this year, allowing 230 yards per game in four of its last five games. And like I said, the Pittsburgh defense, well, it is legit. They've got 49 sacks this year and 98 tackles for a loss. They gave up fewer than 100 yards rushing six times this year. Now, Pittsburgh has been a bit turnover prone, so that's going to be something to look for in this game because they have kind of a conservative offense. You know, they're not an explosive offense, but I think if Pittsburgh can run the ball, and I think they'll be able to in this matchup, and really control the clock and control both lines of scrimmage, I think they definitely will be able to on defense. You know, I don't think Eastern Michigan is going to be able to score much against Pittsburgh. I think that's why they're a big favorite in this one. And quite frankly, I think this game could get ugly in a hurry. Now, Eastern Michigan is only about 36 miles from Detroit where this game is being played. So they are going to have a home field advantage here. But I think Pittsburgh is just too big, too physical up front, and they're going to give Eastern Michigan all kinds of problems in this game. Throw in the fact that I think Eastern Michigan is going to have trouble stopping the run as well. That's going to set things up for their quarterback to run some play action and get some easy throws going. I like Pittsburgh laying the 11 points in this matchup, and I think they cover easy. So the next game I'm looking at is the Friday night matchup on December 27th. North Carolina taking on Temple. Right now, North Carolina is a five-point favorite going into this one. If I didn't mention it already, all these games are going to be played on ESPN. Now, North Carolina comes into this game with a 6-6 six and six record versus Temple, who comes in at 8-4. and four. But UNC won its last two games to become bowl eligible. So I think they've got some, some momentum coming into this ball game. And most people probably remember a loss by North Carolina more than any of their wins this year because they gave Clemson its biggest scare, only losing by one point to Clemson earlier this year. They really had a great showing versus them. And North Carolina did go 0-3 versus ranked teams this year, but each game they lost by a touchdown or less. So they, they really showed me that they can play with some of these better teams, even though they're just a 6-6 six and six ball club. The Tar Heels are also 4-0 and against the spread in their last four games. But this should be a good matchup versus Temple in the Military Bowl because Temple has the third-ranked defense in the nation, and it's led by AAC Defensive Player of the Year defensive end Quincy Roche. Now this guy is a disruptive player. He could have a big impact in this ball game. And Temple's defense is going to have to be able to get pressure on the freshman quarterback, Sam Howell of UNC. This guy has been really lights out this year. He was the ACC Rookie of the Year. He had 35 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. And he led the ACC in passing yards with 3,347. That's right, not Trevor Lawrence. This guy, Sam Howell, led the ACC in passing. So this guy is really good. He's a really special young quarterback. 
And Temple is going to have to get pressure on him and have to make him uncomfortable if they're going to have any shot of winning this ballgame. Now, Temple's got a solid quarterback in Anthony Russo. He's really got NFL-typical prototype size at 6'4", 235 pounds. He had a nice season with 2,733 yards and 21 touchdowns, but he did throw 11 picks. He's a little bit turnover-prone at times, and he's not nearly the player that Sam Howell is for UNC. And Howell's favorite target is receiver Diami Brown. He's six foot one, 195 pounds. He had 947 yards receiving this year with 11 touchdowns, but he had a 20.6 yards per catch average. He's an explosive playmaker who gets a lot of big chunk yardage for this Tar Heels team. And he's going to be a nightmare to match up with for Temple. And that's why I'm taking the Tar Heels minus five in this game. I think they win and cover in the military bowl. So the last game that I'm going to take a look at here is the Texas bowl. It's on December 27th. It's on a Friday ESPN game, Oklahoma state taking on Texas A&M and Oklahoma state is going to come into this game hot winning four of its last five games while Texas A&M has lost its last two games. So, OK State definitely has the edge with momentum coming into this ballgame. And when I look at Texas A&M, they've got a 7-5 and five record, but they haven't beaten any teams this year with a winning record. You know, they've played a tough schedule, and I get that, but they didn't beat anybody. You know, they really just beat up on the bad teams in their schedule. And I think Oklahoma State just has a lot of momentum coming into this game and has a lot more quality wins on its schedule than Texas A&M. Now, some of the things I'm looking for in this game is going to be the absence of Cordarian Richardson, the running back for Texas A&M. Now, he's going to be out for undisclosed reasons, and it's going to hurt their running back depth because this guy has four touchdowns on the year and a huge 9.3 yards per carry. So he's an explosive running back who is going to be missing in this game, and I think it's going to hurt Texas A&M. On the other side of the ball, you look at Oklahoma State's running back, Chuba Hubbard, and this guy is absolutely electric. He led the nation in rushing this season with 1,936 yards, and he also had 21 touchdowns. And I really think he's going to be the difference in this ball game. He's six foot one, 210 pounds. He can catch the ball. He makes guys miss. He's got great speed and power. He's got really good vision and balance. He's tough to bring down. He's really a complete running back. And I think Oklahoma State is really going to lean on him in this game. But I also think Oklahoma State will have success throwing the ball versus Texas A&M as well. They really struggled versus better passing teams, Texas A&M that is. And they were 0-4 when allowing 7-plus yards per pass. And Oklahoma State quarterback Drew Brown averages close to 8 yards per attempt. So that doesn't bode well for the Aggies. Texas A&M is also without its sack leader. And I think they're going to have trouble generating a pass rush versus Oklahoma State. The combination of Chuba Hubbard in the passing game, I think it's going to be a lot for Texas A&M to handle. And Texas A&M's O-line gave up the most sacks in the SEC this year with 33. So on the other side of the ball, I think Oklahoma State will be able to get pressure 
on Texas A&M and could create some turnovers, possibly an interception or two in this game. And if you look historically, Oklahoma State is really great in bowl games under Mike Gundy. They've won their last three in a row and seven of their last nine. So I think Oklahoma State is going to come in really motivated and really fired up to play this game. And I think Texas A&M, I think their record is a little bit elevated off of wins versus bad teams, like I stated before. So I actually like Oklahoma State to win this game outright. So give me Oklahoma State plus six and a half in the Texas Bowl. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this one. And be sure to go on Twitter at PGF Podcast. And I'm going to have a few more bowl game picks for you guys, some exclusive picks on Twitter. So be sure to check that out after the podcast. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.